Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. Going from animator in the big studios to my own studio of one, to directing the development of yet another new series at Space Station Animation, while continually crafting these passion projects, these 10 dynamic feature film pitches, the objective is always to master the art of telling deeply meaningful stories. So today we have Digital Gravy in the house. And... They are awesome. <laughs> they co-founded Digital Gravy, which is a studio that does a lot of anime. It started doing After Effects animation, and then they moved into Toon Boom animation. They were influential. Or actually, they're the production house on the Tuttle Twins series that Angel Studios has launched. And they created the first ever Salt Lake Animation Expo, which was a smash. To me, it was about as big as the first year at... Fun. We're making games and, and making our own cartoons and having a blast over here. That's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did, I didn't I did add that, that you have actually your own properties that you're pitching and you're developing a card game, you know, which yeah. um, is awesome. You guys kickstarted that, right? You did a Kickstarter? We tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Kickstarter wasn't very successful, but uh, we were able to still make the game and produce the game. And yeah, uh, yeah we've been having fun. Yeah, I think because of the Kickstarter, we had an investor come forward and decide to invest in the game and help us get it going. And Kickstarter's a beast, man. It's, yeah. it's oh, it's, it's so hard. I'm doing my yeah. fourth next month, starting on August first. First, Mass Magic's <laughs> coming, but they're hard. Nice, <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to learn from you how to do it. But yeah, like Alex said, we were able to get an investor from the Kickstarter, and so we've been able to move forward with it. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were at the salt. We were at the CTNX last year, right in November. You guys came by my table, and I remember you saying, "Okay, this is awesome. This is kind of it was actually kind of shrinking, right?" CTNX was. You're like, "Wouldn't it be great if we had an a animation expo in Salt Lake?" Sean Boyles and I said, "Yeah, absolutely, that'd be awesome." And you guys were the one who ran with it. You know, you <laughs> you made it happen. <laughs> so yeah, no, exactly. So Alex and I had never been to a CTN, never been to Lightbox. Um, and we were like, this is so stupid. We've never been like, we need to need, need to go. So Alex just was happened happened to be in California at the right time. And he's like, yeah, we should go. And I was like, all right. So oh, I, yeah. I made a family trip out of it. Took my family out there to, to go meet up with Alex and go to CTN. And while we were walking around, half of the people we met were all from Utah and Salt yeah. Lake City. We're like, this is it's a lot. This is ridiculous that we're all flying out here to meet, meet <laughs> up together. Uh, sounds like there's plenty of us. Let's just get together in our home. Fortunately, it, it worked out. The, oh, yeah. the more people we talked to about doing it, too, the more people were just like, yeah, it makes sense. Why is that not already happening? And just getting that reaction from so many people just kind of encouraged us to like actually just go for it because yeah. it just seemed like it was the right time and everybody was ready for it. So, yeah. And well, we and, learned so much from from talking to people, yeah. you know, and saying, well, "Shouldn't we have a, something in Utah?" And they're like, "Yeah, because animation was invented here in Utah. Right. Like the technology was invented here. Some, like you know, mm -hmm. some of the uh, original me <laughs> what is it, twelve men, yes. uh, men yeah. of Disney, right? Nine old men. It's nine, <laughs> nine. There yeah. you go. Or we're we're from Utah, right? Yeah. So we have such a rich history, but all that history has gone elsewhere yeah one of those was primarily eric larson who headed up the disney training program where they would train new animators and so they're they're influential yeah. he's influential in pixar history too you know <laughs> so yeah yeah and Mo, who was a pivotal in starting pixar right yeah. he went to the university of utah he did yeah um 
we have all this history here. We should be celebrating it. Yeah. Um, and also we're booming. Like that was part of my intro to this as I shared this on social media. I was like, is Utah's animation industry booming? And it is. It really is. We have you guys. We have Angel Studios, what they're doing. We have Studio Zuby, which is creating really top tier work. We have Space Station Animation that is creating stuff for YouTube. And we're creating a lot of fast work. And yeah. uh, we're growing really quickly. So yeah. we are. I mean, also, it's it's just Utah's growing and at such a rapid rate with everything, right? And and technology mm-hmm. and the all these startups that are out here. Um, it's just an exciting time to be here. Uh, there's a lot of energy. It let's let's hitch uh, you know animation to that cart and let's uh, let's go to the moon with it. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mentioned this before the show, but Sean Duris, you know, a social media expert, and he's he's created our co-founded VidCon. I think they they were a big supporter of VidCon and they're a big right. reason why that grew so big. And you guys met with him the first time and we talked about working together and his estimation for how big it was going to be was much smaller than it was going to be. But again, there's something about animation and animators that we're always, um, we're so excited about animation that the news travels very quickly and it travels in kind of a different way than it would normally yeah. on social media. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a passionate group. It's really fun to be a part of it. Yeah, I think we had Sir Wade. Like he was just in town, just heard yeah. about it that day and came and tabled. Like, or not that day, but that week. Like he came and was there, spur of the moment, you know. And there were right. lots of people like that. And uh, luckily, the space station booth made quite the splash. It was lots of fun, and um, space station's brand is fun, so that was able to uh, shine as well. And great speakers and just everything. The whole event was just wonderful. And you guys were moving around nonstop. Like I could tell you were busy and you were passionate and you were in the, in the event. So. Yeah, it was a little bit hectic, mainly, mainly for this guy. I mean, Alex, Alex, he really organized the entire thing. Yeah. I was kind of his uh, designer basically. Yeah. (laughs) So I can't take much credit. It's really, it's, this was Alex's uh, baby. That's awesome. Kind of like the history of your studio too. You're, You're the one who started Alex, right? And then Chaz joined. With digital uh, well, <laughs> no, Ch- well, Chaz was doing it long before me. I come oh, from okay. a film world background okay. and I did film producing, but I jumped on and I just started doing the business end of what uh, oh, okay. for Chaz and Chaz was doing motion graphics at the time. And I, just me doing client communication and kind of taking that part of it. So Chaz could just focus on the artwork, yeah. allowed us to just keep accelerating how quickly we were accepting jobs and and then we started saying, well, okay, what if we accept a job and we ask somebody to help with it? So it's not just you. And then, oh, what if we just tell this guy to come sit and work with, with us and we'll keep feeding him work and <laughs> let's, let's offer somebody a job to just come on to the team. And it just grew and grew until we got a, a big team today. We usually fluctuate between 15 to 20 people now. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. We have a blast. And that's a wonderful size to be at, too. It is. And, yeah, we uh, like it. Yeah. Yeah, and you've grown like so well, so strategically. I'm really proud of you guys. I mentioned this in my speech there at the Animation Expo, but and I loved it when you titled this, this story at lunch where, you know, we had put in for the same bid on a project. It was an After Effects. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's become Toon Boom now. And, and I won the bid somehow, and that's how you guys met me. But then um, right. the ongoing rest of that series... They wanted to do it in Toon Boom, and you guys had hired Matt Watts, who's an amazing Toon Boom animator, and you gave him the license to teach everybody, and he did a great job at that, and you have all these toon, great Toon Boom animators now. 
And yeah. I remember saying, oh, I wish I had hired that guy before Digital Gravy and hired that guy. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, well, the, my road's gone in a different direction, right? I've joined Space Station Animation and who knows where it's going to go after that. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know if it's just the animation community, but I just feel like there's a really special, like, you know, success raises all tides. We yeah. want everybody to be successful. Yeah. And we want, there's friendly competition right but but really it's it's all about how can we help each other at yeah. least that seems to be the the feeling i get you that's know how it feels to me too for sure and the expo and so you win it you win a project then we win it and you win it and then we win it whatever that's great yeah. like let's talk about how what was successful and what wasn't and let's let's learn from each other and I, that's the feeling i get and i love that yeah i love it. yeah i i really feel like you know in areas where animation is thriving, there's a good community and there's a lot of talking and communication between different companies and different players. And a, a lot of professionals bounce around between studios and they don't spend their whole career at one studio. Mm -hmm. So having good relations with lots of studios allows for those creative minds to kind of go to where there's exciting projects happening yeah. to be involved yeah. in those. And I, you know, it really, Success in the animation industry allows everybody outside of the anim animation industry to know that this is a this is a successful path to use animation for my for what I want to do for my business for my yeah. project. You know, animation is something I want to watch, and so like success for animation is success for the whole industry. Absolutely, I love that. What drew you to to Chaz's business, Alex? I'm very fascinated by this. I'll, I'll pre prelude this question for years i've looked for the right producing partner right to help me get my things off the ground and i i have several candidates right now but it takes a long time to like kind of figure out which partnership's going to work right and so yeah I, yours yours works so well it seems and it's something that, it's something that's rare and, and beautiful and admirable you know so i'd love to hear about it i i was from the film world and i was i had lost my network when i moved here to utah from colorado okay and i started I was trying to do a business where people would come with a group of friends to a little studio that I had and run them through making a movie, the experience. We'd put them in a cockpit in front of a green screen and have them say some lines. I can't, I got a bogey on my tail. I can't shake them. And then they'd jump out and their buddy would jump in and say, hang on, I'm going to blast him. Right. And then we'd edit together with animation and make it look like they blew up the Death Star or something, right? And then they, they, they get to keep a little video that they made with their friends. That's the business I was trying to start at the time. And so I was at I was at FanX, and I was filming people in front of a green screen, and I was doing all this stuff. And I was like, man, I really need somebody who can do some animation. So when I met Chaz, I moved out here to Tooele and met Chaz. I was like, we should work together. You, you, I'll do something for you. I'll do some of your business stuff that you don't want to do, and you can do some animation for me. Mm -hmm. We'll do like a or something and after a while he's like you're really good at this business stuff just come work for me yeah and i was like sweet you know that sounds like a better deal anyways let's huh. just do that and so i just i just started doing the business stuff and so and that's kind of how it's been is i kind of focus more on the the overall business side of things and then Chaz gets to focus on the art side of things and so we kind of have our our domains there in the company and and our responsibilities and then one of the things that i think makes it really successful is is we yin yang really well and we kind of yeah. push and pull on each other. And so I'll be advocating for the timeline and what the client's asking and Chaz will be advocating for the art and what will look best. 
and BMO's beautiful. Yeah. And then we end up in a nice balance because yeah. we're both kind of pushing for those those things and we find the right spot. Whereas if if it was all just my way, it would get done fast, but it wouldn't be that great. And if it was just Chaz's way, it would take a long time and <laughs> never get finished, but it would look beautiful, right? Yeah. And so that that yin-yang, that push and pull creates a good balance. Yeah. And a- Alex isn't really giving himself enough credit on on how <laughs> creative and how, how much of an artist he actually is. Less on like the visual arts, but like as a storyteller, he's so brilliant. <laughs> and so there there's a lot of things that like I fully trust Alex on. Yeah. And and there's some times where I need to jump in and do some business stuff too, right? And so it's it's a, we wear a lot of hats, uh, but we we really trust each other, and we've learned how to communicate really well. This isn't my experience that I yeah. had, so I could see how well this one actually really really is working. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to appreciate how much this is working. So yeah, finding the right partner is is huge. It really is. Uh, yeah. I like Digital Gravy better, though, than what was it? Gnarly? Gnarly Balls? <laughs> it was a really dumb name. Gnarly Balls. <laughs> Gnarly our, Balls, okay. We had a little mascot that was a narwhal. Oh, um, a narwhal. <laughs> and the, it was embarrassing. But the reason I named it Gnarly Walls is because, or, or wanted a narwhal as our mascot was, I had just learned like a week before we set up our company that a narwhal wasn't a mythical creature. <laughs> it was like a unicorn that didn't actually exist. And I had just seen it, you know, in like Elf, the movie. I thought it was fake. But when I learned that it was real, it was so mind blowing to me. I just love kind of the the mythical quality of that. But like, it was yeah. actually real. I just thought that was cool. And mind blowing. Those things actually exist. The unicorn yeah. of the sea. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I like the concept, though, of digital gravy, where it's like you bring your project. We had the gravy on top. We make it taste good yeah look good and yeah, yeah we love that it was it was kind of like saying we, we can add the cherry on top right we can do all the all the awesome things but it's also kind of gross and comical the cherry on top a little more meaty a little bit yeah grosser yeah. a little bit yeah digital, cherry, digital, digital whipped cream I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. gravy is nice coming up with digital gravy that was fun that was fun and it's always a conversation starter like why in the world did you name your company gravy <laughs> That's fun to talk about. And great, great answers. I enjoyed all of that. I, I really, um, <laughs> I'd love to hear more about, we have two directions we could go. We could either talk about the challenges of like starting up a studio and, and the different bo- bumps and struggles you've had and how you've overcome sure. those because you've obviously lasted several years. Or we could talk about um, the production in Tuttle Twins and how that's gone. Mm. Let's talk about a studio. Let's talk about a studio. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm open. Anything you want to ask us, I'm happy to talk about. Maybe we'll touch on both more. of them. Let's go. Let's go with the studio. <laughs> point, point us in the direction. The bumps. Like, it's hard. It's You've already started one. It, it uh, I wouldn't say failed. You learned from it, right? It was the yeah. wrong direction. You've found the right direction. But I'm sure there have been bumps along the way, you know. Um, it's sure. you have to You have to keep 15 people paid and inspired. And productive, yeah. you know, and we're doing that with yeah. 30 to 40 right now at Space Station and it just keeps growing. Um, sure. So, yeah. What have the challenges been? Oh, yeah. And, and, and the rewards. Did that. Mm-hmm. And the rewards. And, and having COVID be right in the middle of all of that, too, yeah. was an interesting challenge. Yeah. I, I remember one day um, we had made some hires and then and then we all went remote. And so we were working with, I don't know. 
we went from like working with like eight people to like 15 people, but it was all, it all happened remotely. Oh. And then the, the first time we all came back into the office, I was terrified. I, I didn't know how to handle like being in the same place with that many people and like <laughs> expected to be like a manager. And <laughs> I was so scared to see that many people in our office. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it's all been great. It was intimidating to me. Yeah, to have them all looking at you and expecting you to yeah. lead and all at once. All at once. Yeah. <laughs> and and not in not in just little across the internet communications. It was a yeah. little bit different, but it was funny. Yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the things that I found really interesting in this experience of growing our studio is one of, one of the complications for us is we've changed industries yeah. multiple times, right? So we started motion graphics and that's what we were doing primarily when I came on with Chaz. Gotcha. And then we shifted to more character narrative, but still in the business industry. Mm-hmm. And then now we've shifted into the entertainment industry. And so each time it's been a huge transformation of the company, our processes, our policies, our softwares, mm-hmm. where the bulk of the work happens, what's important and priorities and how client communication goes how organization happens and we had to like reinvent our stuff. I'd add one more to that. We went from being an individual artist, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It was you. Chaz, yeah. Chaz. We were, yeah. We were called Chaz digital craftsman was, was the name of the Free, single freelancer to yeah. motion graphics agency and a team. Right. That, so that's kind of, that was a big jump and a big hurdle yeah, as well. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. But keep going. No, I, yeah, exactly. And then starting a card game, d- developing our own IP, like like those are all kind of different boats to drive. And then the the expo, right? And all of those things, all of those pieces have had vastly different like structural needs and organization and processes. And so, yeah, like I feel like we're constantly changing the way we do things, which has meant our team has to be really super flexible. Yeah. And really dealing with us saying, okay, now we're doing it this way. Now we're (laughs) learning this new software. Now we're trying this. Now we're Uh, this company. Yeah. Now we're this company. (laughs) Change our Um, name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that, I I mean, that's been, that's been something that's been really interesting and a challenge to try to keep up with and to, you can't get comfortable with a certain way if you're kind of evolving like that. Um, Yeah. Well, that's that's the nature of being in the animation industry. Like you have to be constantly moving from one software to another, to a, a yeah. different organization to a different process to a different, you know, I remember back way back when I was at Rainmaker or which is now mainframe entertainment, they changed their name. Actually, I think they were mainframe before and then Rainmaker purchased them. And anyway, long story, <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking, Oh, we're going to someday use the unreal engine. And I was like, Oh, that sounds new and cutting edge. And they still haven't, I don't know if they've done it yet. Um, space station has moved to unreal engine and that's been really awesome. And it seems like the whole industry is kind of moving toward that rather than the long, rendering process that we used to use so yeah wow constantly That's changing awesome. but also sometimes it's tools slower change. moving than you'd expect sure yeah. yeah tools change and processes change and people yeah. change and <laughs> people do <laughs> it's, it is, it's a fast uh, moving industry for sure uh you know a lot of that shifting for our company has been kind of organic oh we just we find ourselves over here now but a lot but a lot of it has also been very intentional it's very much a fake it till you make it sort of thing. Uh, we, okay, we want to we, we want to shift away from motion graphics and doing these corporate explainer videos, and we want to tell stories. Yeah, um, how do we do that? We've never made that kind of work. We don't have any of it for our portfolio, and so how do we puff up our chest 
and say, this is the type of studio we are when we don't have that kind of work. So going and creating that and, and finding those opportunities in what you want to do instead of what you are doing in your portfolio. I mean, that's, that's really how Digital Gravy was born, right? Because we were Chaz Digital Craftsman. That was you. We were getting single yeah. freelancer type work. And I said, there's more money in a bigger project. If we can get a project where they trust us with something bigger, then we'll get more money. But we, we can't look like a single person. We have to look like a team. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's rebrand. Let's look like a team. And then people will give us the bigger projects. And so we said, okay, we'll, let's call ourselves Digital Gravy. And we're going to say, we at Digital Gravy and our team, and we're going to use those words on our website so people realize that it's more than just one person. Yeah. And then we started getting those bigger projects and we had to then bring on help and work yeah. with freelancers and hire people mm-hmm. because we did start getting those bigger projects. And then, yeah, we said, let's, we want to do more character-based stuff, but we don't have any character-based stuff. Okay, well, let's show everything character-based we have and only try to show that stuff. And let's talk about how we tell stories and we animate characters. Even though we haven't done a lot of that yet, that's what we want to do. So that's what we're going to show. Yeah. We're only going to show those things. And then, and then those kinds of projects started coming and we started getting those opportunities. And then we did, let's do series. And so we started saying, we do series, we animate cartoons. And then now we're doing Tuttle Twins. Now we're doing Covenant Path and those opportunities are coming. And so, yeah, we really, we kind of determine a, an anchor point of what are we trying to achieve? And then how do we, how do we show that we're capable of doing that and, and show people that's the kind of work we do and that's what we want to be doing. And so, yeah, that's great. And you actually asked, I was going to ask another question, but you answered it, Alex. Uh, one thing I thought was very smart that you said, Chaz, was that some of it was intentional and some of it was organic because that's how yeah. the art, that's how an artist's career works, even, you know, where you're trying to like intentionally create these little passion projects to say, this is the kind of work I want to do. But then you get yeah. other types of work. So then you're like, okay, I have to, I have to do this and this and this. Um, that's that's yeah. how you know I ended up doing 2D animation and storyboarding, even though I trained in CG. You know, just like I would always just say yes. I would say, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know, right. and then I would figure it out because I knew I was an artist. I knew I had the ability to um, achieve a vision and and find the resources and, and make those happen. And and now doing it with right. a team is a whole new beast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Because you're then trying to select that right person who's a good fit and like good to work with. People who do good work and good to work with are are good to work with is is kind of uh, what we look for. And sometimes it feels a bit more rarer than we think it should be. Yeah. I mean, to touch on that, we we set up shop in Tooele, which is it's a small town out in the boonies a little bit. Um, and it's it's not close to anything. And we, we as we started bringing people onto the team or trying to, we're like, how are we going to find people that are willing to be here in Tooele that we can afford that have some skills? And really, if we found somebody who had done art before, we were we were like, let's talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've used a computer and you've solved some problems on a computer. Let's talk to you. You know, <laughs> yeah. can we train you into being a, an animator? And a lot of our first hires were a lot of that. There was a willing person, you know. Yeah. And we we're like, okay, we'll train you. And we we were really lucky. We found some really great people that we were able to train up. And that process took a long time, and maybe wasn't the most ideal, but but it worked, and it allowed us to to get started. And then yeah. we kind of we entered sort of a new phase where we were we were able to start hiring. Kids out of college, you know, the BYU animation program is stellar and, yeah. and we hire those kids. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we were getting people with experience now. And that was a game changer. 
Um, and now UVU is starting a, a, a Tomb Boom program, right? right. And that yeah. can be a game changer to have access to such a pool of talent who are trained in the specific software we've hitched our our cart to. Yeah. That's going to be great. And Matt, who was on our team, is has been teaching there, and so we've been we've been trained in the same way that they've been trained, right? So that's that's starting to get really exciting. Where we're now in this in this arena where we can hire a bit more proficient people, you know, get people into the game faster rather than having to spend a lot of time on training someone in how animation works and how the software works and things like that, which is usually when we bring someone onto the team, that's what they do for the first month is they're just learning learning, how things work. Right. And a lot of that's because we've had to be scrappy, right. And we're not, we're not a big studio. We started from scratch. We didn't have any funding, right. Yeah. And so we had to be able to, to be pretty scrappy that way. But I think what the cool thing about that is it, I think it, it forced us to be an education company as well. Oh, um, okay. And so that's a big part of the way we're structured is we teach each other and we have classes and every morning, everybody spends an hour learning something and then <laughs> sharing what they learn. And that's just a big part of how we function. And that's one of my favorite parts as well. Yeah, we're doing a lot of that, too, because we have, you know, we're we're scrappy right now at Space Station as well. And we have to bring in people who we can see a lot of promise there, but we know that we can get them for a little bit better a price than somebody who has a ton of experience. But luckily, we just we've been able to find these people that are just gems and they're really hungry to learn and they're hungry to to deliver. And uh, sometimes we put a big challenge in front of them and they just tackle it. Yeah. And isn't like that's that's so key is that the hunger and the passion has to be there. Yeah. And I've I'm finding that, you know, you can hire the most talented person in the world. If if the hunger and the passion isn't there, it's going to be hard to keep them around and keep them invested. And hmm. they you really need to feel that passion. Otherwise, it starts falling apart pretty fast, even if they're crazy talented. Yeah. Have you had an experience with that? <laughs> Somebody's crazy talented. and I mean, we've had some talented people that have have come onto the team, but then we were just more of a stepping stone for them. Right. So Mm -hmm. they never really had heart in it. They were very talented. They worked extremely well, but they were only here for a while. And then they moved on to a new opportunity and that just, they were, they were constantly chasing something else where we've had people who have been like, wow, this is such a cool company. I really love this place. I'm excited to be here. And maybe their skill level isn't very high or they're not very experienced, but they're so invested in what we're trying to do that they're just like, I'll figure it out, whatever it is, just let me know. And I'll, I'll go watch YouTube videos until I can know how to do it, you know? And that, that kind of an attitude ends up being more successful for a team than somebody who's really talented and can get something done fast, but then ultimately is kind of looking around at other options instead of trying to really invest in how do I grow digital gravy? Right. And you can't you can't fault anybody for seeing Digital Gravy as a stepping stone. I mean, yeah. we're a small studio. I've been there. I've I've worked at lots of places that I've seen as a stepping stone. But but being on the other side of that, being a more a manager and, and owning a studio, like it's really really nice when you find those people who who want to be here, right? Yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. But I also think you need both, right? You need you need people who are at a really really high level who can lift. Right. And, and yeah. pull the team up to a new level. Um, but then you also need those people who are just like going to hunker, hunker down and be like, yes, this is where I'm staying. 
you need both. So it, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Studio Zubio's uh, founder Stephen Candell, who's also been on the show. Great guest, one of my favorite shows. And he was talking about James Baxter. And if you've been in animation for very long, you know who James Baxter is. If you if you haven't, he did the opening sequence of Enchanted. He's an animator that just touches so many different projects and just like brings this magic touch, you know. And he he was saying you don't keep James Baxter on a project for long, you know. Right. Right. Um, let him bring that fire and that amazing spark and, and then let him move on to something else. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I like how you came in and said, I, I don't fault those kinds of people. And I actually, the, the thing I think that makes James Baxter a little bit different and, and I try to function this wherever I'm going is I give 110% to that right then, you know, and I, I'm looking for that spark. I'm looking for that powerful thing to explode and then, um, and then handing it off and saying, here, take the baton. You're a talented artist. Take the baton. You want to be here forever. Take the baton, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it can work. I think you just, if you're going to be that kind of artist, you should definitely be very mindful of the perspective of the business owner, you know, <laughs> and uh, what they're looking for. That's really key. I think that's, that's how I wanted to see myself is uh, I'm the best and I'm just going to bounce around all these places. Nobody can tie me down. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and that's how I, I wanted to be. It's just interesting sitting in the other seat, you know, and yeah, it, changed, awesome. it definitely has changed my perspective. And if, if you're mindful and respectful of the perspective of the business you're working for, I think that's really what matters most. And one thing I wanted to talk about is it's been interesting is we started out with this really small team of people we trained up and, and they were all awesome. I love them. Maybe I even loved them too much. Like I, it was really painful for me when they decided to move on to bigger and better things. And that was a big learning experience for me as a business owner was learning that people move on and that's okay. Right. And, and you should be excited for them to have bigger and better opportunities. <laughs> that was, a, that was just a, a unique learning experience. It, it yeah. felt like a breakup, you know, it felt like um, I'd been in a relationship, uh, uh, like a romantic relationship and, and breaking up is hard. It's painful. It almost felt the same to me in a different yeah. way, obviously. Well, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and just share that. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, cause we are talking about the pitfalls and this is part of the, the nature of building a studio. It sounds like, you know, where yeah. you're going to have some people who stick around. You're going to have some people that it's going to feel like a breakup. And, and I'm sorry that it's been that, that harsh, you know, do you stay in touch and sometimes with them? You have like, to let people go. Right. right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's not working for anybody and, and you have to address that situation and say, Hey, I, I don't think this is working. Yeah. Let's, let's not keep doing this if this isn't yeah. working. And all of those situations are hard. Those They're are really so hard, hard things, yeah. especially when you yeah. build friendships with these people and you care about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want them to succeed, but you know, you have to just say this isn't working. I was talking to another business owner recently. He's like, I've got to fire my first pers person today. It was a fairly new business. And, uh, yeah. You know, I could just see like the heartbreak already on his face, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. And, I think uh, after we fired our first person, I, I laid on the couch for like a whole weekend, you know, really? I, was like, oh, I feel awful. I'm the worst person ever, <laughs> but you know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but it has to be done as well. If it's, if it's not beneficial for both parties, it just has to be done. I love the conversation with this way, though, because um, part of the point of this show is to have conversations that make the industry a better place. And, you know, for years, I've wanted that that company where I could just stay forever, you know. Yeah. And but then after going from company to company to company, because that's how the industry works, like I'm like, oh, maybe yeah. this is the one. And then uh, something new. Uh, maybe this is the one. No, no, no. 
that one ended, you know? <laughs> so then it's almost like artists become used to that idea of hopping from place to place. The question is, how can we build companies where people will want to stay for good? Yeah. You know, how can you build that place where, where that artist sees, yeah, this is where I could see myself forever. This is but I, I would say though, that we, we talk about this, right? Like we've yeah. noticed like springtime people get restless yeah, and that's always like the time we're most afraid <laughs> that people are going to tell us that they're leaving because yeah. I feel like once you get through the winter and through all the holidays and you're back to like new year, fresh start, it's getting warm again. Yeah. Everybody yeah. starts thinking on self-improvement and, and yeah. how do I better my life? And, and nobody wants to sit in front of a computer. They all want to be outside. Yeah. Right? Everybody gets antsy <laughs> to be out spring fever. I feel like that's a lot of times when people start looking for new opportunities and change. And so like, I know we've said in the spring, we need to make sure we're doing something really fun and exciting and engaging, right? That's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Projects to be yeah. working on. That was one of the things that I think was great about the expo was that was sort of a early year spring project as we were yeah. getting ready to start things off. And everybody was really excited about how do we pull off this really exciting, you know, event. I think that's only one thing. I don't think that's everything, but that's something that we've noticed that we try to do is like, how do we make sure Spring feels like new opportunities inside the company. People yeah. are getting to try new things, to grow, to learn. They're seeing new opportunities and not just the same thing continuing day after day. How yeah. do they see that they're going to grow? Yeah. And you want to do things often too. Like I like the springtime. Like that's awesome. And that's a really good point. And I can see that like all over my experience. <laughs> also, like you also want to create these ongoing things. So I know mm. Space Station, we do... We do lots and lots of parties that, and sometimes fly a lot of people out and just do these things to have a lot of camaraderie. But also we're dealing with animators. So something I found is these one-on-one -on -one conversations that, that we can create as a director or a producer where you're really caring about that individual and what that person is interested in, in accomplishing in at like Space Station or Digital Gravy and their, their career, right? And then so you can start to kind of craft and fashion that for them, you know, and, and be a big part of that. And then you're helping them. And if, if they move on to another, uh, another place, you, you know, that like, at least you, you were a part of that, you know, I mean, having those kinds of conversations, I've, I've saved a couple people from leaving space station, you know, or helped them decide not to, um, because they were starting kind of at the end, what they of what they saw. And I was able to talk to them and say, wait, there's a lot more beyond that, you know? And they were able to say, yeah, yeah, I really should stay at this opportunity because I can see how it meets my goals. Um, yeah. So just a conversation for animators, I think is huge. We're, we're such introverts, right? And we, we don't often, yeah. well, a lot of us, I'm more of an ambivert, but we don't often put ourselves out there as artists. And so sometimes, you know, for as sure. a leader, you need to go to the person and say, how you doing? You know, can we talk about this? And, and proactively doing that, like these conversations I'm mentioning, I had no idea they were thinking about leaving. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to be a good leader and, and really care about my people and, then I discovered that. And then I was like, well, good thing I did this proactively, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's, that's huge, man. Being, being able to, to have those kind of conversations. I think we've had times where we've been really good at that. And other times where we've, we've been out of practice with that. Mm -hmm. The hard part is consistency. Yeah. You know, making sure you're having those conversations frequently. Um, and you don't want them to feel forced either. They should, they should happen naturally and organically. Like just how are you doing? And, and how are your yeah. goals and how are you feeling about, you know, and, and then just kind of just keep prompting them as they speak, you know, but. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If, 
Yeah. And I, I putting myself in their shoes, if I feel like my employer uh, knows what I care about and what I want to see out of my career and is trying to help me get there, then that's going to help me feel comfortable, you know, and, and just to stick around. If once I start feeling stagnant, that's when I'm going to want to start looking around, you know? So as long as we can try to try to pro- provide growth for people, I, I think that's really helpful. This is a really simple one, but also just keeping things changing, right? Our work space, even if just things change, you know, art goes up, art comes down, art goes up, art comes down, Mm, we shift around where we're working. So if things feel a little different, that can kind of create a little bit of energy and buzz and excitement again, um, and avoid the stagnant, right? Yeah. Well, artists do not want to stagnate, you know, (laughs) exactly. We want to be constantly inspired and making things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's something we we've tried to do, but could always be better at as well and, and be more consistent with. That's great. That's a great yeah. combo. So now we'll get to the the final little bit that I always do in the show. And that's the get wiser moment. Okay. The get wiser moment question is, if my goal is to get the highest concentration of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? <laughs> highest? I have, to, I have to break that down, man. The highest concentration of truth in a story. Yeah, I don't want a dash of orange juice. I want the concentrate <laughs> you know, in my story. concentration of truth. Well, I think um, beginning with and defining your truth first is probably a great way to go. And so knowing what that truth is going to be going into your story, or at least very early on, I think it's going to be essential. I'm a huge story guy. I love stories. And I feel like themes are a really super important part, right? And, And I guess you could also say like, perhaps that's your truth. It's what it's the message you're trying to share. It's, it's what people are going to see and relate with and understand and learn from and grow from. That's super important to me when I watch a story or read a story or whatever. Uh, what was the truth? And do I feel like I I learned from it and got what I wanted out of it? And do I agree with it? And do I feel like they portrayed it well? Anyway, so I, I analyze that kind of stuff all the time. And that's really exciting to me. And so I, I often find that you do have to have to be clear in what, what your truth is. If, if you don't know what it is and you're trying to tell a story, you don't even know what that truth is. It's going to be really hard to have a strong truth in there. I don't know. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. I just asked the question to all the guests and I get different answers every time. It's, it's a fascinating, uh, it's a fascinating discussion and it's something that, um, truth, cause you're saying your truth, but you're not meaning like the truth I'm creating for myself. Right. You're talking about which theme, which which theme are you focusing on? Are you talking like your truth, like anybody can have their own truth? <laughs> I'm talking about like the theme of a story, yeah, I yeah. guess. It's it's interesting. And and I like that you pointed out, like, do I agree with this? As I was writing Mass Magic that I'm going to kickstart on August 1st, I was terrified of the story. <laughs> because as I was, as the truth was starting to unfold to me, and I was taking all these different perspectives and, and seeing what happened with them, um, I was like, do I believe this? Do I agree with this? I don't. I don't think I do, <laughs> you know, and it, it was, it was a scary, it was a scary journey, but it's also a scary story. You know, it's kind of spooky. It's about masks that steal kids identities. So I think that was the journey that was necessary to go on. By the time I finished the story, I'm still, you know, I don't think you've done your a good job if you're not nervous about putting the thing out into the world. I definitely do believe it. I do believe that I explored it fully, the theme. So yeah, I, th- I think that was an excellent answer. Got me thinking. I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'm going to be devil's advocate a little bit. Um, okay. 
<laughs> I love devil's advocates. You know, the devil out of a lot of things. <laughs> out of this a lot is how of trouble. This, works. <laughs> this is how this works. Gotcha. I pull one way, he pulls another. So awesome. I love I, I love and agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I'm less of a story guy, and so I don't think about story as much, but um I'm often given a story and told to make it work, right? Make <laughs> it beautiful. Yeah. And the, there have been times where we've been given a project where we, we had some big conversations. Do we agree with this? Do we fundamentally agree with this? Is this okay uh, that we're stamping our name to it? Yeah. And it's it's been really, really tricky. But what we concluded on some of those is that our truth is we need to feed our families. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's important. And that's true. Yeah. And so we, we've chosen to, to, to do that. Uh, yeah. to, to work on some projects that may have been a little bit iffy for us, but if it allowed us to feed our family, we 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 did it. But that's not the ideal. I think now that we're more in a position to to pick and choose and write our own stories, I do think if you if you, the theme of your story is something you fundamentally don't agree with, that's you're not going to write a very good story. <laughs> you, you really have to. Believe but why it. would you be writing it if you don't agree with it? That's the thing. Like, what what are you there for? You know. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and me not being really a, a story guy, you know, I might just think, oh, it would look cool to have this in a story. And I'm not really thinking about theme. And I, I inadvertently kind of come up with a story that, that isn't isn't good. Um, but I, I'm just excited to show the visuals because I'm a visual guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But I've, I've learned a lot about theme and, and the what makes a story a story from Alex. And yeah, it's, it is super important. And I love I love hearing you guys talk about it. It's really cool. Yeah, I don't think we answer. I don't think I answered your question at all, but it's a fun. No, no, there is that reality of like, I've got to put food on the table. And, and there have been projects I've worked on many, many projects where I'm like, oh, I would uh, I would have, have written that differently or, you know, like, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm the animator on this project. I can't go to the director and say, oh, well, I have I have suggestions for your story. You haven't really done the right the right homework and the right you haven't followed the right structure. And, you know, even working on what I'm working on now, you know, there still has to be give and take. For there sure. still has to be. Um, the vision of Shonduras and the vision of Space Station and how this new project fits in. And when it comes out in, in September, we'll see how it resonates with the audience and, and whether they sure. feel something distinctly different about it or whether it just feels like what they've seen before. Hopefully it's distinctly different. That's been our goal. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's all a journey. It's definitely a journey. And And I think when you find one of those projects that just feels so special, I think you want to work on it so much harder. Masked yeah. Magic, the book I'm kickstarting August 1st, it is so, so, so special. Even though it was terrifying, there were times where it had me questioning even my own faith, honestly. It was it had me questioning like what I perceived to be the truth. And it was a it was a fantastic ride to go on and uh grew and learned a lot from it. So yeah. Anytime we get the, get those special moments, I think we should jump and, and do it. That's yeah. cool, man. Uh is that like a a core a uh, theme that is in all of your stories is is kind of searching for truth, would you say? Well, I want to have a deep sense of the truth in anything I do. Yeah. Right? Um, a deep exploration of the truth. And the interesting thing about the truth is it's like, you're const that's, that's what we're constantly learning about as human beings. We're learning about what meaning is and where it's found and yeah. how I can extrapolate that and make my life more meaningful. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that is a common thing it, I wouldn't say that's the theme of every story. Yeah, yeah. Every story has its own little bit of the truth piece that I'm exploring. But yeah. Oh, cool. I love that, man. That's 
I, I'm sure a lot of people do that, but I love how clear you're stating it and how much intention you're going through with that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's also, it's not really super appealing to artists to hear this, but the further you get, the higher, the better you want to become as a storyteller, the more you have to realize that you're the slave of your story, not the master. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Does, does the story starts driving you? Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? You're... Well, if you want to create something, you want to create something organic and truthful, right? As if it really uh -huh. happened, even if it's a fantasy, even if it's a bunch of fairies floating around or something, you know? Sure. Um, so in that instance, it's like you kind of have to let the muse drive you rather than you drive the muse at that point. Mm. Yeah. That's I love hearing about that. Like I said, I'm not, like I'm a, not a story writer. Yeah. So this is really fascinating to me. But I, I, don't, know, I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> we are done. We've gone over a little bit, but it was worth the discussion. <laughs> it definitely okay. was. It was worth having you guys on the show. And if you guys want to follow you know, digital gravy or Chaz or Alex, I have their links to their social media down in the, the show notes and their website and just check out what they're doing. And yes, come to the animation expo next year until next time. I hope we all get a little wiser. Thank, Thank you, you for, for watching, watching the directing direct animation live cast hosted by Scott Weiser audio version edited by Kira Horowitz copyright Scott Weiser LLC 2022. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and ring that notification bell. Thank you.